What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. What's up, Meals? I'm chilling, man. I had a I had a good weekend. Um, even though I never tell the people at work that. <laughs> How's your weekend? Okay. Um <laughs> I don't know why I don't feel like sharing. Um <laughs> strange, man. It, it it just is what it is. Um had a good weekend with the SmackDown on Friday at Barclays Center. Um always um actually i don't know is it always a great time this was probably the uh actually this was probably no this was definitely better than i say this year both my shows at the barclays which included a raw at the top of the year and then the smackdown have been clearly better than pre probably any barclays show i've been at for like the last decade because (laughs) new york city no 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 MSG gets the shows. MSG is like the legacy. We got to put something in there. Um, DX is making an appearance. Um, something along those lines. Clearly, we had Randy Orton this week. Um, but it was still a good show. People were very... Um, if I want to give it the the, the collision check, it, the, 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 the house was full. I was on the camera side, so I can vouch that the <laughs> behind the camera also had people. Um, <laughs> what else can I vouch for? That I wasn't like, I'm pretty sure, and shout out to, I went with Carlos, by the way, so shout out to Carlos. Shout um, out Carlos. Rob, yeah, Robin Nelson were also there in a suite, so shout out to them. Um, and Armand was also there in a suite. Um, so... I'm just, I've, I've never, my, still my experience is like, yo, I got to get, I, I need the, the bride Bosa hookup. I need the front row by the camera so I can get off all my dances type of energy. You wouldn't dance. You wouldn't even dance. I wouldn't dance, but you would, you would definitely see me like, you know, you would see me and that, and more so I just want to be ringside. I've never had the experience of ringside. I've never, ever, you know? That's my dream to be ringside, you know. Yeah, preferably yeah. at a show where people watch. Because um, ringside at a house show is like, who knows? It's like, were you there? I mean, <laughs> um, but I had a great time. Met up with everyone afterwards. We had a good time there. Um, the show was lit. Um, biggest pop, I would say, it was like Cody for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, L.A. Knight, who came out of nowhere. I was ready to be like, L.A. Knight's not on this show. (laughs) (laughs) You realize they're keeping him to... I I was going to save this for the show reviews, but I'll just give this away now. You realize they're keeping him to, like, these moments and not actual matches? (laughs) Yeah, but it is... (laughs) It is what it is. We'll keep it to the... Shout out to Patreon. I also got to shout out some Patreons, too, so um, we'll, we'll do that in a bit. But the show was great. Um, also learned something else. All right. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you were in a McDonald's? Inside? Inside a McDonald's. <laughs> uh, shit. Maybe like two years ago. Yeah. We are getting robbed. <laughs> You're getting robbed blind by whatever app. <laughs> 
that is servicing you McDonald's. Yep, I know. <laughs> I went inside. So after the show, I didn't eat before the show. I didn't really eat at all. I think I had gummy worms before the show. Um, I didn't eat at the show because Barclays food is nasty and expensive. Um, Jeez, both? But, yeah, so both. Double threat. Double threat. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some of it tastes good, but like also like $7 water, $17 beers. I don't drink beer, but that's what I heard the price was. Um, but ridiculous amount. They never... Do you um when you go to shows do they serve you like bottle things or like anything with a cap on it? There's nothing you can you can't have a cap on any of your drinks at Barclays Center at all. So in mm-hmm. case something spills, it's your fault. It is what it is. I forgot what the reason is behind that. Or somebody sneezes. Or yeah, something. All this other shit. I was. I was just like, all right, whatever. But um, so I didn't eat when I was there. So I was like, I know what I'm thinking. I'm gonna get off the train, go right to McDonald's, pick some up. First of all, when at McDonald's, the the register at McDonald's used to have like four registers. There's barely two. Yeah, I mean they have the automatic. Like two years ago, even when I they went, got the kiosk, they, yes, they got the kiosks now, and they do that everywhere um, that that you go now. But yeah, this, this so, is so. So wait, this is this is your this was like the pinnacle of your weekend. I, I I see why you don't tell anybody about your weekends because your pinnacle. Well, was... no, this wasn't the pinnacle of my weekend. I'm just letting you know that we're getting robbed. Like this is a continuation of a story that has been living out on the A Show thing about how expensive McDonald's was. Yeah. So I'm just continuing the story. I'm sorry if my weekends is not finish, lit enough for you. I mean, story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, what did you do this weekend? Was it so great? Flu. I had the flu, and I'm okay. I just... All right. <laughs> sounds sounds amazing yeah w- it just w- have to get better for this show so there we sure. go all right well thank you for making it do what it do for this show <laughs> um <laughs> but nonetheless so i woke in and i just realized how all the prices are like two dollars less than everything that we get on the app and i felt really betrayed because <laughs> I've been ordering stuff from the app for years. I've never walked into a McDonald's and then I go and I see that everything's way, way cheaper. So I felt betrayed. Um, and then Saturday I saw the Beyonce doc and that was an interesting experience. Um, inspiring, creative, musical, three hours long though. So It's three hours? <laughs> it's pretty it's closer to three hours and two and a half hours for sure oh my god if you love beyonce it's a it's a tour de force <laughs> you know this is like quality i haven't seen the taylor swift doc i don't indulge in taylor swift music but i feel like i should watch her it's longer show. than it, it's longer than fucking oppenheimer <laughs> the runtime i think is two hours 48 minutes for a renaissance I think it's longer than Oppenheimer. That's crazy. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is... Oop, doesn't list it. Where does it list it? Oppenheimer is pretty longer. 181 minutes. So that's actually three hours. Yeah, that's three hours. Yeah, Renaissance wasn't... Um, Renaissance was like 20 minutes shy of that. I was about to say. So it's, it's yeah. closer to... I saw two. I, I saw Oppenheimer and uh, Flowers of the Killer Moon in theaters, both three-hour movies. I At the felt same like, day. 
no, no, no. <clears throat> but I felt like I felt the three hours for Killers of the Flower Moon more than I did for Oppenheimer. Like three hours flew by for Oppenheimer. Killers of the Flower Moon. It's it's in my it's one of my favorite movies of the year. But I I, I felt it like an hour thirty in. I was like, this movie's long. <laughs> I felt I felt the three hours. Good lord. I think a couple times, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um my my audience was I was very happy to have an audience that was very much we're sitting down and enjoying this movie <laughs> and mm. not getting up and doing the electric slide like all the <laughs> other theaters I've seen on TikTok. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, it's too much. I get the it's Beyonce, but Beyonce's not in the room with us. You can sit down. She can <laughs> like, see you. That's a cult, bro. It's, there was an article about somebody. There was an article with somebody who um, had gave a negative. Well, not it wasn't even really a negative review of the movie. It was more so like a, a, a questioning her yeah. intentions with yeah, the movie about, at this time about what it's supposed to be targeted about yeah. what it's supposed to be about or what it's supposed yeah. to represent. Yeah, I, and I, I, I'm not a fan of the writer. She she makes some pretty like crazy ass articles i don't know if you've ever seen any of her other stuff i, look, I, I actually looked up all her other stuff <laughs> crazy right this yeah is, it was kind of nuts yeah this is probably the most that i've actually liked one of her pieces in a while because it <clears throat> and i think you know even when we talk about like wwe and you know all these wrestling companies that have statements that are equally empty and more for brand furtherment than actual mm-hmm. message I think it actually holds true with this. It's like I, I've I've long since kind of like looked at a lot of the messaging and being like, okay, like, like the Lion King thing. I was like, what is what is this for? You know what I mean? Like like is this what's this furthering other than images? You know what I'm saying? And I I think that like, that it's fine to be a brand and have these messages be part of it. But I think that like, this is like crazy tangent here. Okay, because this this, no, this, this we are we here. This nigga's nasty, all right? <clears throat> or he was nasty, you know, to speak of the dead. I, I compare it to, like, Michael Jackson, right? Oh, my God. Or, like, <laughs> as much as this nigga was nasty, he at least stood on things and, like, openly talked about it. Like, uh, right. war and other places, AIDS, which is something that got brought up in that in our article. He was staunchly, you know, a, an advocate for, for uh, you know, the cure for AIDS and, and HIV and stuff like that. Remember back in the day, People used to think that you could get AIDS from like touching somebody, and Michael Jackson went on like a, it was a TV show or something and hugged somebody with AIDS, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, he's gonna get it!" And it was like, it was like, no, he was showing people like what what it really was like. So like, I I, I look at our stars from today where they largely stand for really nothing, and that goes for like the Drakes and all that stuff. And I know like the argument is like, would you really want them to say anything like that? And I'm like where did we get to the point where that was something that we didn't require? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, we used to just get it, you know, like, yeah. like, like even low, lesser stars, like even KRS one and, you know, public enemy, they stood for something. They talked about something. Now it's like, nobody really stands for anything. And and I think that that article spoke to a larger imprint of so, like pop culture and social media and stuff like that. And people yeah. took it as <clears throat> taking aim at Beyonce, the person. It's not really an aim at the person. It's an aim at her brand and it not really standing for anything. And I, and yeah, I no, at, I agree. I agree. I, I, I didn't it. hate the, I didn't hate the, um, the review. Yeah. Like, it was like, I, I was like, damn, we, we really used to have pop stars that stood for something like it, it, And now we really don't. And I think that 
that article kind of like stopped me in my tracks. Like, wow, like you see something like Lil Yachty saying rap is in a bad place and people kind of like taking aim at him for it. I was like, okay, yes, yeah, Lil Yachty saying it. But the, but at the same time, it's like, he, at least he's standing on something <laughs> that no one else is standing on. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's saying right, something. No. <laughs> Let me... Do you think it's because of society's um, hyper awareness with certain like I I agree in a sense I can see why she doesn't outwardly or staunchly say things because it's it much easier. Bag. Yeah, it's it's much easier to be targeted because of that. And usually we've seen people come out their mouth and immediately it's like controversy talks about this so i think she just keeps it especially if she wants to keep that it seems like she wants to keep her kids out of it too she talked about in the movie um at some point there was um blue performed for the first time on the show um somehow she was like somehow she managed to get a wind of social media which she was um staunchly against like beyonce doesn't want her kid to view any social media which is to me wild um also impossible like how is it yeah it's kind of inescapable um and she saw all the negative things about her and stuff like that um but i'm like it's i feel like um it's sad that, that thing but it's also i think you you should know that these things actually exist but back to the point of like in terms of like her brand and like speaking for something i agree in a sense i feel like it would definitely be i would um I respect her artistry in a way, and I think who this film and her music and everything is for, those people are satisfied and wholly fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, I guess, the grander audience, it would be great if she had like more of a voice towards these things, just in general. Not even if it's like I'm using my voice for to 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 save the world. It's kind of like just a voice in general. It, it let's be it, real. Let's be real. Let's be real. If she said free Palestine. She ain't gonna lose no bags. She's not gonna lose anything for that. She's not gonna lose what like the old girl from the screen movies lost. Because Beyonce's in a stat like, if anything, it would she would start a trend of people doing it and saying it because she has a voice that is Taylor Swift-esque, Drake-esque to a certain extent. If they all said something about this mm-hmm. outwardly, it would <clears throat> cause a change and it would it be resonate, a yeah. resonate. Like She's not going to lose a bag for saying that. But I also think that it's also like, it's reductive to say, why would we expect her to say something like that? It was like, well, because this is the same person who put out, you know, uh, you know, African images for Lion King. Right, right. Who's, uh, who's brand seemingly... Um, transcends. Know. It transcends yeah. And I think that, you know, there was a part in the article which is like, you know, she uses queer imagery. She uses, you know, you know... Uh, she, she's a voice for queer people and doesn't speak on you know certain things or certain queer issues it's like yeah i mean that's definitely a thing like yeah it, that's, that's definitely a thing um i don't know i don't know i i feel like we're, we're in the we i know the beehive is gonna well they don't listen to shit i don't like wrestling but no some of them like wrestling but <laughs> but i do i i i agree with your sentiment it's definitely like from a like when you when you compare it to the pop stars back then in terms of say something, I also think society was in a different place where you felt more comfortable saying something. I feel like even people um, across the board, not even on a Beyonce level, like even down to reality TV, right? Like I was listening to Black Print a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago actually, and you guys talked about the um, 
the fuck what did you talk about it was on a reality show someone called someone like oh love hip hop made monkey noises yeah monkey noises which was nuts and i remember i wanted to jump through and say like this isn't like most people are at this even reality shows reality stars are more receptive to that and i know from following the challenge and stuff like that like they and even the challenge themselves or reality tv they like they don't want any kind of like political or any kind of like stuff like that mm-hmm. um but people are generally afraid i guess to i mean not to necessarily like express themselves by making monkey noises but like express themselves in any kind of way that feels like it could be off-putting to one side or another um so i was surprised when that actually happened because it that felt like a super outlier to me not that it was anything like that but it just felt like an hour or like i didn't know people still did that on reality tv like they racial... fed into it and they fed <laughs> yeah. into it you know what i mean they they had a whole you know thing about it and you look at what we watch every single week we we, we saw wwe there's <clears throat> wrestlers who have anti-vax statements all over the place outwardly speaking on it you have an aw an anti-semitic thing that happened they've never spoken outwardly speaking like it's like i feel like it's i feel like we well some of them are some of them are like i'm not afraid to be canceled you can't cancel me yeah Um, yeah that's usually when they kind of say it it, it's like the it's it's like the companies themselves don't speak on uh, any types of issues like that and i think that that you know there's a dissonance there but they never have so like okay fine but I, never. but I also feel like but I also feel like I wish we were in a state and society where people definitely felt more comfortable speaking about issues. But then I think people are quickly lambasted for not knowing enough, which is definitely critique. You know, it's critical. But I feel like I miss at the time. Like I learned about AIDS from Pedro from the real world. Right. Like, right. and they show that in every. I didn't even have cable. They show that in classrooms. You know what I'm saying? They popped in a TV and showed like you know, this gay couple and AIDS and like why, and he was a big advocate for that. And I feel like we don't, like you said, like we don't get that much anymore. Um, just because of, I feel like the hyper-awareness, people are afraid of being canceled, even though being canceled is not really a real thing until it becomes, um, until you get a, to a certain point of no return. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will say just kind of largely, um, I wasn't mad at the review. I was like, oh, okay, I see it from your perspective, but I'm an optimist, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, you are. You actually really do see the the. You try to see the good in everyone. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm telling you, <laughs> they're, they're going to disappoint. I see. Me. I see both sides. I'm yeah. I'm I'm too much of an optimist sometimes. It's okay. You're um, you're a good cop. I'm bad cop. I'm fine with that. I, I lead with I lead with love. Um. So, by the way, 20 minutes into this, I had initially on my notes that I was supposed to lead with the A-Show shirt, A-Show t-shirts update. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that. Um, A-Show t-shirts update. They should be arriving to me very soon. Hopefully sometime this week. Um, I cannot confirm if they'll be out this week because there's another piece of this thing that has not been delivered yet that I'm still waiting for. Um but just know your shirts are super safe and secure with me. And um, yeah, if you have any more orders, put them in now because I'm about to close up shop relatively soon. <laughs> um, so yeah, put them in now. Um, and yeah, please, A Show, um, RNC, Big Cartel. Or the, no, it's the A Show.BigCartel.com. So 
Um, also, we got to update everyone that we do have the A-list returning. Absolutely. Uh, this is returning. Uh, I'm looking at the dates here for our year-end list. You know, everyone loves those shows as well. Looking like, what you thinking, Some, Mills? Uh, sometime next week. Okay. And then our and then our individual list, what, 20th, 27th? I would say our individual list will probably come the 19th and the 20th. Well, sorry. Oh, I'm 20th. thinking Patreon time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> five dollars um yeah 20 and 27th yeah i think um what would be cool is is like if for patreon that those two weeks if we like um if we were able to like maybe like get some of our patrons uh picks and we we discuss those or maybe get like cyrus and kwan or cc armand or somebody their picks and we talk about those we debate those that'd be really cool right we got a lot of like opinions in that discord now and i would love to see everybody's list okay maybe we can put a thing out where we put it on patreon we can do a fillable sheet and uh yeah. everyone can select so now everyone is into this as well so yeah, yeah you know let us know what, you know let us know how y'all feel in the chat and let us know you know if, if you know if you, you just pay the five you could just put your your name down and we'll shout you out and everything and you get all the benefits of that but you know, that'd be really cool i, I would love okay. to see that that's a cool angle to do absolutely your end list but um want to welcome our newest patrons hold on which is funny as hell um so we have stephanie shout out to you um thank you for becoming a patron um we have it was interesting this is a very uh we had someone who came and then immediately deleted Bob the Builder made his return to our Patreon <laughs> and no. then quickly deleted it. No, he didn't. It, it's got to be a different... I think it's a different guy. Um, it, no. No. No, he didn't. <laughs> he signed up again. There's someone under the alias Bob the Builder. Did he? Is he coming back just to... And no, 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 no. He's not coming back. For anyone who doesn't know, Bob the Builder was a... A, a particularly harrowing moment in our in our discord time this is when we first kind of kicked off the discord and made it uh, public to people on patreon um he came in and he was like actively argumentative at all times more so than me actively argumentative of, at all times debated everybody said that you know nobody listened to our podcast was a huge cm punk mark at that time this is around the time punk came back to AEW. Maybe he feels enlightened now. Maybe he feels stronger. He was like, I have to hear what they said on Punk. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, you know what? Right. Listen to the show. <laughs> hey, man. Listen to the show. Pay the five, but nothing more than that. Um, <laughs> And then we have Philippe. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but it, it's it's spelled like Philippe Chow, so I'm going to make, you know, Philippe. Um, wow. Philippe and you. Shout out to shout out to shout out to new patrons. Um, I got actually a list of things to talk about this week. Are, is, is one of them okay? a CM Punk update? Or is one of them is a CM Punk update? How did you fucking know? Okay, because I I feel like a I feel like ten days removed. We need to talk about it. How did you? You're in my brain. I literally have on what she. Let's talk about how we feel about CM Punk a week later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I, I'll last tell you week was still pure shock. How did you feel 
WWE has done their di- social media. They're killing it. <laughs> They're killing it. I I, I think that b- besides you know all of the obvious reasons why he would go back there, money being you know the largest benefactor there. I think the fact that they own all of these significant matches of his career <laughs> is probably the biggest thing. And to me, Mills, what was more like crazy to think about is that they had never released these matches before. So these are like world premiere <laughs> ass matches. Well, every- right. <laughs> so you got to think like, I mean, YouTube was a thing definitely like 10 years ago, but I think we never moved at the speed of content like it was 10 years ago. I think WWE would like... 10 years ago, it would be like, they wouldn't even label shit correctly on the YouTube. Like, right. it would be Natalia puts in Sharpshooter. And it wouldn't have a date, wouldn't have Raw, wouldn't have SmackDown, wouldn't have anything. Like, it was still very brand new to them. I think the page was still called WWE Fan Nation. Um, but now, I mean, they've got the best minds. I mean, you get a free match every day. And they're mm-hmm. doing this thing on their YouTube where they premiere a new punk match every fucking day. And it's awesome. Yeah, I mean... Let's just look at this. Let's look at this breakdown right now because I gotta. I'm gonna try and like skip through all the other stuff because it's in between all the show recaps and stuff like that. Right. The unlikely story of CM Punk's career, which I watched while I was sick over the weekend, it's like an hour and thirty minute video of every single moment of his career. I got a couple of issues with some of it, like the the skipping around that they do. I think the most significant skip that they do is that they completely gloss over the Triple H feud and completely gloss over the Ryback feud, which is which is I think is on purpose. Is not did to they like, did they gloss also over the World Championship reign? Which one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They don't they don't show like how he both lost both of them. It. Yeah, they don't. Sh- they show him winning them. Never how he loses it. The only one they show that he loses is to the Rock. That's the, in fact the only L that they ever show that he takes. <laughs> So and I guess that's because him and Rock are cool. One million views. CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar, which is a match I haven't seen in years, which will also be considered a world premiere match. Three point two million views right now on YouTube. That's fire because I love. I sat there, and <laughs> when it premiered, I was there. <laughs> I watched it like it was the first time, bro. The uh, CM Punk versus John Cena undisputed title match, uh, where Kevin Nash comes out. That got 597k, almost two, almost, uh, almost two million. Uh, his segment on Raw, 2.8 million, right now, on on the on the YouTube. Uh, let's go to the actual. Let's go to the actual. Tomorrow's premiere: CM Punk wins the ECW Championship. Crazy, it, that it's Nothing. never been on there is insane. <laughs> never, they barely upload anything from ECW. Like six point four million views for his return. I think the the match they put up yesterday was the uh wasn't it was it elimination chamber or that was that two days ago? I um, think yesterday was it was elimination chamber. I remember. Yes, it was elimination chamber. Almost and then today they did CM Punk versus the Shield, which should be coming later today. I'm assuming. Which 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 fits because I mean Seth's there, Roman's there. These are the people that you know he's had a lot of history with before he left what what struck me and and i'm just looking at all this in 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 the cm punk wwe thing i think last week a lot of people looked at the statements that he made in the promo and said they came off as disingenuous and that they came off as fake i think mark henry had something to say that i really agree with and i really i really felt like 
and ca- like capture it the moment from somebody that Mark Henry also knows. You know what I'm saying? Mark Henry says something to the effect of, and I don't know if you heard this. He says something to the effect of like, Punk, there's no way he like essentially, you know, I'm, and I'm distilling his words here. He's like, Punk, there's no way he didn't care or about what happened there because he kept talking about it. Like he always kept talking. It was he was like it was almost like a relationship where somebody's heart got broken, and you know they they never really got over it. You know what I mean? And and because they loved the place where they were at so much. And when you look at meals, the hour long thing of of that, there's also a thread on Reddit that I think I posted in the Discord of all of the the Wrestling Observer comments about Punk throughout his eight nine year tenure in WWE. One of them says. If WWE signs him, they're, they're going to make him a main event star. They're going to try to make him a main event star. And all of the things he had to overcome and all the things that happened, he really paved the way for what we see right now in terms of the KOs, the it, to a certain extent, how Daniel Bryan was treated afterwards, Seth Rollins, all that stuff. He kind of paved the way for that. L- smaller guys. I think he, he definitely walked the fire so they wouldn't have to. Exactly. Because and he... he he was doubted at every turn for his size, for the indie stigma, for his tattoos, for him not looking as presentable as like a Randy Orton or John Cena, who was there in the era. Um, and it's because he got to that point and he got to the point where he got in 2011, 2012, 2013, that it made it easier. So when Kevin Owens shows up in 2014, mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, we get, we know what we're going to do with you. You know what I'm saying? We know, like, why we, know, fans, we know why fans like you. We know why fans can't get enough of you. And there's some value there. And you look at where CM Punk came from. And, and again, I had never distilled into it. I lived all these moments as a huge fan of his in the early 2010s and even the 2000s. You, you, you look at, all of these things that happened to him in his career, I absolutely believe what he was saying. He got a lot. <laughs> he got a lot. You know what I mean? I think people have rewritten history to only the bad parts of his career, which was really that last year and a half when he came back after the Brock match or the Undertaker match on, right? Where it was just like, this isn't the same guy. He's clearly hurt. The bad parts of his career. What do you mean by bad parts of his career? Like, what are we defining as bad part? The bad parts were it's it it openly seemed as though he was tired of, you know, just pretty much tired of being there. You know what I mean? Like like tired of being in WWE. He was hurt. You could tell he was hurt. He had the mutton chops. He looked sick. He looked like he was he was just fed up with it. You know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. people distill his WWE career to that. They never talk about like straight edge society stuff. They never talk about um, some of the great promos he had with Triple H. You never talk about some of the subversive things that he did throughout his tenure, especially in 2011, which they they kind of show in that hour long thing. And I also watched another YouTube video that, sh- that distilled all of the promos between him and Boy, Triple H. You were, you were sick, huh? <laughs> I was really sick. I was I was watching it because I I feel like I needed more context to maybe if it wasn't disingenuous, why would he say that he's home in the first place? I feel like. Can I can I can I tell you how I feel about how you feel? Yeah. I feel like you're still in shock. <laughs> or at least over the weekend you were still in shock. And I think there's part of it where 
like what you definitely said, I feel like you're still trying to make sense of it. But luckily, you have a trail of YouTube videos to kind of like put everything in perspective, right? Of course. But I still think yeah. you're still trying to make sense of like the moment of like how did we end up here? Because the story of how we ended up here from where we started is a crazy story. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. It, like it's 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 the, one of one. <laughs> the video ends. Well, the video the hour long video, which I I implore everyone to watch because there's some really cool moments in it. But the video ends with him coming back 10 years later. They don't talk, they don't show when he gets choke slammed through the table at Royal Rumble. It skips from like The Rock <laughs> and Taker yeah. all the way think, to yeah. he, he beats the shield and then it's him coming back. Like they they don't yeah. even they don't they gloss over it cuz that's what WWE does. They're not going to talk about the negative. And I feel but like it, the thing is but the thing is you don't have the exit on camera. You don't even have them mentioning the exit on camera. Right. Like, you have nothing for that. So it would be, there's nothing like for it to end at the Royal Rumble. It just ends with him getting choke slammed by Kane and there's no context to it. So I understand why they did that because from a narrative sense, one, the shield thing is a very big thing, right? It's very mm-hmm. interesting how all three members of the shield hate him. Um, but it's also interesting that where they're, where the shield was then and where they're at now and where he was then and where he's at now. That's a very, you know, important part that I think we're going to explore in 2024. Um, and they're, and you know, they're, they're starting to dive into that and we'll talk about that later, but I think he, he left a comment. Um, did you see the comedy that he left on the, on, on WWE's IG? Oh, you left a comment on the IG. I was like, he's on YouTube leaving comments. No, he, he said um, he left a comment on the on the tweet on the post about him uh, returning. Uh, he left a comment saying, uh, "Spiritually still living in this moment, Saturday's moment, and looking forward to Friday." And again, I think we got to get to the other side of this, right? Okay. There are people that want him to fail right now. There are people that look, that look at this and. Um, they say this is completely fake. He's 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 wrong. Da, 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 da. I think it goes back, goes back to what we said last week of of him realizing that the grass probably wasn't greener. I think that if if AEW had went the way that he wanted it to and had, had it had been the perfect job for him at that time, and and I think um, our good friend Dom had the perfect example of this on his podcast last week. If you guys haven't checked that out, check check out the Armchair All Tour on YouTube. Um, he said that he had a job that he, that he works at now that he used to work at before. Um, and he returned there, but the first time he was there, he left because it was just, he just thought it was the shittiest place ever. And it's, it's the worst thing that he's ever been to goes to a new job and realized that the job sucks for the same reasons that he hated the last job at. And then when mm-hmm. he went to the new job, he realized how to navigate through whatever was going on. So that's, that's politics. That's, that's everything. And, and I think in, in the punk, in punk state, at least he's a lot bigger stature than he was last time he was in WWE. So like he can navigate that well because they're going to navigate it for him. <laughs> he's not going right. to have to worry about the same, you know, pitfalls that he worried about, you know, in the same arguments because they're not the same people there. But at the, at the same time, you know, there's so many people that are like, how long is this going to last? What's the countdown to it? WWE's themselves are playing into this. You know what I mean? Like they're playing into the, you know, when is he going to self-destruct? I, I would like to remind people that he's only walked out on one, on a company one time. Once. He's only done it once. 
He was punching niggas the second time. But, you know, your your mileage may vary <laughs> on whose right. fault that was. You know right. what I'm saying? But I think that there's there's a lot of there's there is a lot of of just distrust in in what that is and and I and I think that they're smart to play on that even though I don't necessarily think it's going to happen again. I agree. I'm still interested to see where this goes. I'm I'm really am. Hold on, I got to answer the door cuz there's a package coming. Hold on. It's probably uh the bomb from Tony Khan coming straight to your house. Uh I'll just continue here. I I think I think ultimately Punk can succeed there. I'm not going to say his his attitude or his personality isn't going to be something that keeps, you know, keeps him from being successful, but I think the company right now has a lot of interesting personalities. You got a company that has Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, you know, all of these people that they have to keep you know, their egos in check and they have to keep all these people happy. Drew McIntyre, you have to keep all these people happy. Right. Punk just being added to that, I don't think matters much because they probably have way more polarizing <laughs> personalities in that locker room than CM Punk. But you never, you never see it because there are so many people that honestly, not even to say that these people ain't men or women, they're not, you know, they're probably scared of Triple H or Vince McMahon than they are of a Tony Khan. <laughs> Let's just be real. That's why they're not going to wall out. That's why I feel like Punk's not going to wall out. And I think, you know, his comments at that scrum, I watched that again. His comments at that scrum in front of Tony's face was basically him saying, you are not a businessman. You are not like, basically em- emasculating him saying, you're not like Vince. You're not like, you're not like the people that I'm seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I took it as. And I think that. I look at the I'm home thing, and yeah, I might still be in shock from that shit. I'm I'm in shock that he's showing up at the America show on Friday. Yeah, I was I was like tribute to the troops. Damn, Punk loves the troops. <laughs> he loves everything. He's gonna be kissing babies for a while. But I think that you know I, I think it's crazy. But I also one thing I, I, I'm gonna say too before we get to the shows later, they're not overexposing him. <laughs> There's no single no speaks <laughs> every single. No. Episode. We were definitely like the fact he wasn't at Barclays. We were just like, mm. when they showed when they showed he was coming at tribute of the troops the next Friday, everyone booed. <laughs> <laughs> they put in the, the awesome. cheer. They put in the cheer. Uh, the cheer sound effect when they when they when they played it on the, uh, on the show. They yeah, we definitely booed. We were like, what? The? No, we weren't that angry, but we definitely booed. But Cody was there, so it's okay. Um, I'm interested, kind of. Moving forward with CM Punk, how do we make this run feel natural to the character that he is? And is there a different character? Is there a next step in the evolution of CM Punk? I'm interested in that because I don't think we can necessarily tread the same water that we did the last time mm. um, because of how the WWE has changed so much since he he's you know he's left. Um, also, we've seen the part-time star already we've seen the novelty act we've seen that and i don't think we necessarily want that from punk but to be but to be honest i don't know i don't think anyone knows what they want from punk yet i think they just they want him back in wwe but i don't think we really know what we want yet out of him i we know that we want a feud with seth and we want a feud with roman but i still what the what do those feuds look like not fully sure outside of like bitterness not trying to like um I don't I don't want it to be something 
AEW-esque, where the feud is built on the bitterness. I want to still be taking out of taking out of that element of like this this um this very meta thing and involved in the story behind these two people. You know what I'm saying? I think so, for those two, for those two, it kind of has to be. But in between that, yes. I think well, with Seth, I'm not even sure why Seth don't like him. And I guess we'll get to the we'll get to that when we talk about the shows. But with Roman, yes, Roman, yeah. I I wouldn't. WWE might have a pull to go pull the audio from that podcast. Actually, no, was that was that podcast taken down? Was it was it taken? Let's take it. Was the- Ariel Wani, Um Was it for Sports Illustrated at the time? Oh, it, the, the podcast was for Colt Cabana. Where he was talking shit about Roman. Oh pff, no, they're never playing that shit again, man. That shit's been Bro. in the court of law. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> I was that shit's like, been in the court of law. They're never playing that ever again. We don't even get yeet anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> you got to talk about that too. But no, I I, I think that ultimately, you know, it it, it is. It is a it is a moment of, of great interest and change. There's, the the roster is unparalleled now. <clears throat> I, I think that I, I don't give a fuck what you say. Like this is a crazy roster. It's, it's a crazy roster. Even if you just got punk cutting promos, it's a crazy roster. And I don't I and I, I think that there's a lot of things that on the horizon that people are, are liking. And I think that we're not even in mania season proper yet, and we kind of see the wheels turning. And I think that that's that's really interesting. And we'll talk about that more when we talk about weekly shows. I want the feeling, just kind of like wrap this up. I want the feeling in those feuds, the same feeling that Cody gives me in those feuds, where it could be about this nigga jumped to another company and now he coming back and licking all types of boots. Um, but realistically, it's more about the competition. I think the feud between CM Punk and Seth Rollins is going to be who is truly the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Roman definitely gonna have his time. You gonna have his make Roman look strong, you know. Bar, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's gonna have that. He's gonna. They're they're just gonna be a promo with mics. There's gonna be a promo with Paul Heyman to kick it off. Then there's gonna be the promo with Roman Reigns, and it's going to be a lot of different. It's gonna be fun. But I'm interested to see where this goes. I want to see where it goes beyond that. I would love to see him feud with other people. But those are just the two big red check marks that we gotta get through for sure. Yeah. Um, Next bit of news I have that actually comes in thing it, it, it in in conjunction with this news um, that was actually broke on our Patreon last week. So if you paid the five dollars, you heard the breaking news as we heard it and literally read the report. Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, part of CM Punk's firing committee in AEW, was reported by Sean Ross Sapp for Fightful last week that Brian Danielson was part of the committee that indeed fired CM Punk. Um, it has led to fans feeling various types of ways about it. Um, the, 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 mo- the, probably the best question I've heard about this is why do we know this? But <laughs> um, the follow-up question to me, I'll give my personal stance on this. If I was Brian and I was approached with that position, I wouldn't do it. Um, I think there's, I I don't know personally the code for wrestlers. Um, I know the code as like people that we work with and stuff, everyone who's just trying to make a living, trying to make a family and stuff like that. Leave that to people who's there. That's their job to do this. Um, 
And there should be more than enough people in that company whose job it is to do this. I personally, if I was Brian, wouldn't have agreed to do this. Um, it feels... It's stoogie. Yeah, it feels a little bit stoogie. Um, it feels a little bit like... There's a, one, there's a, there's a, like a light air favoritism when it comes to that. Um, but also, I feel like for as long as you know... CM Punk. If I'd known someone for 20 years and I know they're an asshole, <laughs> I'm still not doing it because of the relationship I've had with them over the last 20 years. To me, that supersedes the relationship I have with the company that I work for. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, he felt, I feel like Brian has felt um, empowered at various points, being on the, you know, some sort of creative committee, helping training people, kind of like his foot is truly imprinted in AEW in various different ways. He's standing next to Tony Khan as they announced the Continental Classic, which he's featured in, which again makes no sense to me. It looks like a... He is, he is too ingrained into these shows. I think so. In a way that, <clears throat> whereas... He may have been protected in this company before and kind of like in a part-time sense where he didn't really wrestle a lot. I'm seeing too much of him at this point. And I think yeah. that I think it might be a hindrance to his health at this point. We've seen that already this year, but also a hindrance to, to like the allure and aura of his character. Whereas like we're seeing maybe like, him as a person. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to like judge him as a person based off of this. Like he knows punk. He, you know, who knows what that he wasn't, but yeah, but this isn't like a character move. That's why I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. more so judge as a person. This is like an actual, like, this is Brian Danielson doing this as the when he's standing next to Tony Khan, he's not standing at announcing the Continental Classic, he's not standing there really as Brian Danielson, the character, because Brian Danielson, the character, only wants to compete. Um, he's not standing there like, oh, I want to, you know, announcing, helping announce a Continental Classic. He's he's standing as Brian Danielson, whatever position he holds at AEW, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure it's various positions. But there's a, I feel like there is a reason. First of all, there's probably a really good reason Mox, <laughs> Moxley isn't doing it. Or Chris Jericho or any of those other people. It just really seems, it seems weird. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I don't feel like Moxley even would would care for it, but I also feel like Moxley contributes to BS back there in different ways that we don't. Yeah, know. right. But I don't think he's like. If you ask him to be on the committee, well, he couldn't because I think there's a conflict of interest. I think there's multiple people with a conflict of interest, but company is a conflict of interest, Mill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but I wouldn't have done that. I feel like that's kind of um. I, you know, I'm not here to call him officer. I'm not here to call him cop, but I feel like that's wild, Stoogie. And I think I would really have to look hard at my relationship with him. Now, CM Punk and Brian, they probably don't even have a relationship. It's more so based on respect and that they've worked together for a long time. But I would really like question the integrity of this person um, to say, like, why would you accept doing this? Because I feel like if it was on the other shoe... I don't think Punk yeah. would do that to him. I don't think Punk would have did it. But I think, I mean, you never know. But I think that 
Punk's not Punk's, but Danielson's explanation of it when you just like, you know, I was just part of one person and a bunch of lawyers, and I'm just like, yeah, you're you're kind of reducing it a little bit, minimizing your role there because it's like you're the you're the face of the wrestlers in that room. You know what I mean? And and I think that's why you were mentioned in that report. It was like it's not like QT Marshall, you know what I'm saying, or any who left. It's not any- even like I th- yeah, it's not even like fucking uh, the other Kelvin Sullivan or um. The mega, mega Ron, mega con, mega, um, mega, uh, Pat, per, per, it starts with the P. I don't want to mispronounce her name, but okay, um, but yeah, it's not like they were mentioned, it was you, yeah, <laughs> and you, you the had guy. the quote, <laughs> yeah, you were the guy, you were the guy that was, that was, you know, at, you know, at fault here, not at fault, but like, you know, punk was the guy at fault, but like, you were the guy that they, they, they're, I think they, they need to talk to Fightful about how they pre- presented it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't just the way it was presented, and then we talk about the you know the way things are taken earlier in the show. It's gonna be taken a certain way, even if you weren't a big deal in it. And now you're looked at as the person who who ejected him out the company, even if you were, even if you were just the person that said, "Yeah, I think it's a good idea," you know. And but I think what was the most interesting about it, the most weird about it, was the timing of the tweet that he put out. That was the exact same quote that he sent out to, to the to the wrestlers. Like, That's there's amazing. no there's no <laughs> way you can tell me, because the thing is, and we didn't really speak about this last week, AEW was doing a lot of preemptive stuff before Punk cut that promo on Monday night, two uh, two weeks ago. They were doing a lot of preemptive, I love AEW, this is, you know, they, they saved my life when I had nothing, Brian does that tweet, we're AEW strong, all of that shit, right? Punk says nothing about them, this story comes out. It is blown up in their face because they tried to play a move and and punk and to probably some extent WWE they they skirted them they went to the left when they went to the right. Let's just be real here. Like it didn't happen the way that they thought it would. He didn't talk shit about them, and now they look and now Brian is left holding the bag because they they were you know they I think that they thought in all honesty, punk will come out and say these people <laughs> punk will come out and talk about one bill fill yeah and all types of other stuff imaginary bucks or fake bucks or whatever the hell fake fake eye patch whatever the fuck he was to talk about right they thought that they'd be like well this is actually what we had to do and it didn't happen that way and i think punk is probably sitting back laughing at that shit while he's spiritually still in the moment (laughs) of saturday and monday and friday (laughs) it's just disappointing um i here's the thing i think that punk knows how they think and how they work and that, to me, is the largest, the largest disadvantage that AEW has in trying to look like the, the quote, good ones in this situation from a guy that physically assaulted employees twice. <laughs> like, he's got the upper hand on them because he knows how they think. It's, it's, it's crazy. First of all, in the report, words mean things. That's all I'll say about that. You can't say... <laughs> you can't say... Um, he wasn't the head of the committee when you really literally put that in the report. But a- another thing is just like back to kind of like the main thing. It was just, yeah, it's just kind of like it's disappointing how they go about it. I truly do feel like they thought it was going to be worse. I think they thought he was going to really go in. He did not. I think all parties should just kind of like move on. It was an interesting report, the interesting, the timing, but it definitely backfired. It makes people look at Brian Danielson, again, the person. People respect a wrestler, but it really does make them look at the person 
kind of sideways. And then also just like, I think for Tony Khan, even asking Brian, it just does, it does no favor for him. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, Speaking of no favors from AEW, QT Marshall has announced he's leaving AEW. The Hardys are currently not feeling their creative direction in AEW. So I want to ask, what's in the water? Uh, Discontent. But hey, and again, this all goes back to, this all goes, goes back to CM Punk and the reality of the situation that the ripple effect of him leaving that company the way that he did. I thought the problem was gone. I thought the locker room cancer was gone, Meals. I thought that when he left, Adam Copeland would come in and everything would be all better. And it doesn't seem to be the case. And I think that what's happening there is that, and we're seeing it right now, the company is changing before our eyes. And it's it's basing its success on the success of three or four different stars here. None of them happen to be the elite. It's the it's MJF, it's Brian, <clears throat> um, it's Swerve, and I guess the fourth one would be what Orange Cassidy. Those are like the kind of the top four that they're kind of building around. Right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's seeming to be that those are the guys that they're trying to get to resonate and try again with this crowd. I don't know if it's like you know, gonna, I mean, that's working for them, but they, you know, their fans, their diehards love anything that they do. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's like what they they could tell me that fucking. Warhorse, JP, whatever his name was, is the, the biggest thing ever. And I'm like, okay, this is the next big thing they're gonna say is Yeah. That's why that's why people aren't really I respect people who like again, people are like Swerve's this big star. But I respect people who say, I will wait till I see it. Because they've done <laughs> this guy's the next big star a couple times. And we've seen Wardlow. Um and his trajectory, we've yeah. seen the firm, um, and their downward trajectory. I'm gonna blame Punk for that, but it is what it is. It was, it was gonna suck anyway. Yeah. Um, but they, 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 we've seen Ricky Starks have moments, and then now look at his trajectory. Um, benefit for Swerve is he knows someone who works in creative, <laughs> so um, more than likely. Even if it goes bad for him, it won't go too bad. Um, there'll always be something for him. But the realistically is like they this show can't create new stars. And I think one, I think the Hardys, I think the Hardys discontent and their like public discontent points to this Wednesday on Dynamite. <laughs> The main event of Dynamite this Wednesday in Montreal, Jules, I hope I did that right, is Edge versus Christian. (laughs) (laughs) And the Hardys, Matt Hardy, who's been there for at least three years at this point, Jeff Hardy, who I think is like, we're approaching a year. No, we're approaching like maybe, I think he came this year, right? When did he he leave? Okay, he left it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely over a year. It's approaching two years, if anything. Um, and they have nothing to show for it. And of course, now AEW fans are turning against them, calling Jeff all types of drunks and junkies and shit. Um, 
and they call him Matt Hardy. They sing all the things that we've said before he came to WWE. Walks like you know, got a doo doo and stuff. Here, here, um, but here's my thing though: you notice that it's only acts that are like WWE adjacent or Cody versus adjacent. So it looks like it's like AW diehard, you know, diehards versus WWE guys. I mean, Ricky Starks is already pissed off Edge. You know what I'm saying? It's like it seems to be a growing discontent with the amount of people that he signed that are not doing anything. There was also a story that came out, Meals, that Miro doesn't have anything to do because he's 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 infamously claimed he doesn't want to he doesn't want to take jobs to any to anybody. Oh God, huh. here, here I feel one. No, no, I'm not. I'll save it for Patreon. Um, but, but no, I think uh, I think creatively the show's been bankrupt anyway. So for them to come up with anything actually creative for mid card acts would be funny. And I think Tony Khan has the pen. I'm not sure how much they're booking all this other stuff like that. But the the benefit, I think, if you have, I think there's still value in the Hardys, right? Yeah. Just like there's value with Sting. Um, and they've used Sting in a way that presented it with a greater value than I think. Actually, I don't know. WWE might be on part. WWE did something different um, by not showcasing the 62 year old as much as they did, but um, <laughs> having a job all the time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas AEW, I don't think he's actually lost in AEW, <laughs> which is nuts. <laughs> but. Um, there's value in these big names that you actually sign. There's value with the Hardys, you know, as much as they're still a quintessential tag team of the 21st century. Like they are a big name. While they can't work to the extent that they did, you knew they couldn't when you hired them. <laughs> yeah. These things they just become old. They've been old forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they didn't just become old out of nowhere. You signed them because you wanted the, a good flavor. Maybe someone in your ear, maybe a Chris Jericho, or someone, you know, who's working both sides. He's like, I can get you the bag, but also we can also get the Hardys in AEW. Maybe he's working both sides. Um, maybe you get to cut off the top. Who knows? But it's, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know what you expected, the Hardys. I don't know what you expected at all. <laughs> he wanted um, them. He wanted them so that no one else could have them. You know what I'm saying? And, he wanted them for a certain thing, which was a match against the Bucks. <laughs> and that time, but he had nothing penciled afterwards. That's really what it is. He doesn't have a long-term plan for most of these people that he hire. Nope. I think he the, the plan for Will Ospreay is to make it to all in. I think that's it. Maybe he has some plans afterward. He probably actually does have some long-term plans for him. But realistically, like Ricky Starks, there's no long-term plans for. Most of the other people on the show, there's no long-term plans for. And to be honest with you, it's not foreign because even the same thing happens in WWE from time to time, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I look at Bobby Lashley on SmackDown. I was like, I don't know what the fuck the long-term plan is for these <laughs> <laughs> the plan that they got for him is not the plan the fans want. I, that's that is what I saw on <laughs> on Friday, and I think they need to eject Osito because whatever the fuck they're trying to do. People love Bobby. That's just it. <laughs> and I said, and I remember I was talking to Carlos because we were talking about like why he was getting cheered, right? And I'm just like, people liked him because he's just started showing up and beating people up, and that's yeah. what a guy that looks like him should do. 
and he just started beating people up and he did it again <laughs> this week and people loved it shout out to pete dunn you know sorry you had to go through that but or butch beat rather beating up nerds like that's literally all you had to do like like beat up nerds and then and, yeah and, but, but i mean um it, it's the QT Marshall quote that stood out to me was that they were that he said basically AW is going in a direction that was not story based anymore, and I think that that's telling because, I mean, I mean, AW, you're telling the we've been telling we've been telling this for months or years. <laughs> you haven't had any stories for a while, so you know, I, I, there's I, one story. I mean, there's there's a couple stories going on, but it's really you have too much talent you just do that's really the short end of it you can't write for everybody and i think that's the most part like again like great there's no thing for the hardys hardy shouldn't be there <laughs> like there's no oh there's no stories who else is um, claiming that there's no stories for them or something along those lines they shouldn't be there any either listen the bunny shout out to the bunny I haven't seen a story with the bunny. The bunny left. Yeah. And QT, QT Marshall is also leaving. And I don't think they'll be alone in leaving because it seems like the priority. You just go. Sometimes you need to, as a wise man once said, sometimes you need to leave to make them see what they missed out. And then you come back. That wise man was Drew McIntyre. Um <laughs> We'll talk about on Patreon this week. I have one last bit of news before we head over to the Patreon side. Um, Free agent Okada. What are your thoughts? I'm not falling for it. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) He's staying home? Yeah, I'm not stupid. Leave me alone. I'm not falling for it. There's no WWE Okada? No. There's no Rainmaker Okada? No. There's no damn um uh fuck um the the Miz needs an opponent for WrestleMania. He's calling out someone. It. He's doing a worldwide you, open challenge. Nor could you <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not falling for this shit. He's not coming. He's not coming. <laughs> Why they said what his, is wrong? They said his wife is a big deal in Japan, so why would he leave? Whatever that means. I don't care. <laughs> He's not coming. <laughs> yeah, big star there. She's not a big star to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> me and my family. He's not coming. Well, I don't even know why you report this. They do it every single year. They never they they they, they always do Contracts this. I up. think New Japan needs to stop signing these people to like these Lego contracts, where it's basically like, oh, <laughs> we're at the same time of the year every year, <laughs> every single year. I'm like, like, nigga, this isn't like Christmas and New Year's. Like, you need to sign them to to longer contracts so that they won't do this. Like, like, so people can stop getting excited about this shit. Like, leave us alone. I'm not falling for it. Go to hell. That is my comment. I don't even want to speak I'm on re- it. That's my comment on it. I'm reading this uh, this Kevin Sullivan news. Um, that apparently Mike Mansuri made the call to fire him. <laughs> the guy they hired from WWE? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, um, 
He said, they said, according to Observer, in fact, Sullivan was said to have built the entire AEW post-production team based in Nashville and was instrumental in putting together video packages, vignettes, and non-televised programming for YouTube. Meltzer report added that there are a lot of questions going around regarding the exact reason for Sullivan's dismissal and whether the decision was just a reflection of the changes AEW has been undergoing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it is. <laughs> Things will never be the same. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is... That's just y'all niggas better be scared in that company, bro. So I has I saw oh, somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody say ass punk about the layoffs. I'm like, nigga, you know he's been around for for many a uh, uh, spring cleaning WWE releases, right? He's been around for all of them. The only thing that AEW niggas ain't been around for is any of them. So yeah. they they should be they should be it's getting wild that someone got fired and they were like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> People don't get fired here. What's going on? I said, "Wait, what's what? really going on?" What? It's, fired? It's different? Nah, nah, nah. My nigga ain't get fired, bro. <laughs> they, they both in different here. All right, time for me to go. You know it's time for me to go. <laughs> It's time for me to go. Hey, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap for niggas. Hey, thank you guys for listening. We're going to go over to Patreon, talk about this week's shows. I don't have Patreon, of course. You know how to do it. You know you know what buttons to click. Uh, next week, what are we going to talk about next week? It's going to be a weird week because I don't think there's a SmackDown next week. I think SmackDown's gone next week. I don't know. I feel like we'll figure it out next week. We can talk yeah, about we'll SmackDown this week. <laughs> Yeah, we can. But I'm just saying, we're, it's going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, like, the, the schedule's going to get lighter, which is fine for us. It's good for us, because we can just talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, so next week will probably be our last time talking about, like, outright shows, and then the following two weeks will be about the year-end stuff. Um, you'll also get year-end contents, hopefully, starting next week um, yep. on our YouTube, so make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube. Also, we're working on some Instagram stuff as well, so make sure you follow our Instagram as well, and, uh, yeah, listen... Pay to five, because the show's gonna continue over there. So you know, the party's still the party's still rocking. After the party is after partying. So that's where we're heading to on Patreon. Thank you guys for tuning in, um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out, y'all.